Hey everyone, it's Blake. Quick note before the start of the show, just wanted to let you know that next Monday's episode will actually be coming out on Tuesday as opposed to Monday because I am going to be getting married this week. So my beautiful fiance, Asta, that I've mentioned a few times on this show is about to become my beautiful wife, Asta. And in order to be fully there and present for the wedding, I will be shirking off my podcast production duties until Monday evening. So that episode will be out Tuesday morning. Thanks so much. On to the show. It was really bad. It was getting dark. All our phones died. Like we were using the last bit of light that we had on our phones to try to find this this anchor. We were with this girl. She started crying. People started freaking out a little bit like, oh shit, we're just going to have to stay on this ledge. Like we're just going to have to sleep up here. I don't know how we're going to get down safely. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a Track driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. In today's episode, I interview Andy Padhigh, who is a longtime friend of mine, about rock climbing. So Andy is an avid rock climber, and he'll explain everything you need to know about rock climbing and kind of break down the costs and other advice that a beginner would need to know. So in prep for this interview, I went rock climbing with Andy, and I mentioned that during the interview, I was absolutely terrified the entire time for my very first time i went outdoors with andy um i i would recommend that if you are going to go rock climbing it, it is super super awesome but if you are afraid of heights like me uh probably start indoors before you know working up the courage to go outdoors so without further ado here is rock climber andy thanks so much for being on the show thanks for having me man yeah absolutely so you are a good friend of mine but you live in arizona i live in california before doing this interview, luckily, I had the chance to come out to Arizona, and I asked you to take me um, rock climbing, just so I could have a little bit of perspective for what we were talking about for uh, today's interview. And man, I'm so happy that I did that, because that was terrifying for, for me, <laughs> yeah. and so, so, so much more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, how, like, you, you now, uh, you were great. And oh, thanks, didn't man. look scared you, or anything at all. How long well. have you been doing this for? What skill level are you at compared to, say, a beginner? So I uh, I started about 10 years ago. We went to a climbing gym um, when I was a young kid and uh, really enjoyed it and then kind of fell off the bandwagon. Um, didn't really do it much and then picked it back up again about seven years ago. I was studying abroad in New Zealand and they had a... Um, a climbing club and I was like, Oh, that sounds like a good, you know, a good thing to do. And of all the places, like I want to see the outdoors of New Zealand, this would be a great way to do it. So I got back into it, um, started going with a group of people, started climbing outside and then I've been climbing ever since. How much had you done indoor climbing before doing these outdoor excursions in New Zealand? Um, not, not too much. Um, I had gone probably like, I don't know, 20, 30 times to the gym. Um, and then after that, you know, they said, hey, we're going to do a trip outside. You know, we'll basically set up all the ropes for you, get everything sorted and situated. And um, went out, loved it, had a great time, and then started learning how to do it myself. Yeah, so that that was obviously really helpful when you and I went together. So when you're rock climbing, there's one person that has to go up and kind of anchor everything in. And then the next person that gets to go up just clips in to what the other person has already done. Is that correct? 
Yeah. So basically it's a, it's a team thing, right? So you tie, you've got the lead climber, who's basically the person who's going to go first. They tie into uh, one end of the rope. The other person ties into the other. Um, and then the lead climber will go up and um, basically pay, place pieces of protection as they go. Um, so you go up five feet, you clip into a bolt um, using what's known as a quick draw, which will basically serve as your top point anchor. Um, and then you'll climb above that and you'll kind of run a little bit of risk of falling, right? And then you'll get to the next bolt and you'll clip in and you'll go so forth to the top. So if you're this lead climber and you fall, do you just fall to your death then? I mean, what, what happens as a lead climber? So, so basically what you're going to do is you're going to fall. So you're always having slack in the rope. So you're always running the risk of falling a little bit. Um, hopefully not to your death. Uh, that's always the goal is to stay as safe as possible. <laughs> but um, you're going to fall basically twice the distance plus a little bit more um, for however far you are past your last bolt, right? So I climb up five feet. I clip into a bolt. Um, at that point in time, if I fell, I wouldn't fall any distance, right? I'm at the top point of the anchor. Um, okay, because you're right at the bolt right there, because so there's nowhere to go. Yeah, exactly, because I'm right at the bolt. And then the moment I start climbing past that, so if I go three feet past that bolt, if I fall, I'm going to fall the three feet to the bolt and then another three feet beyond that um, because that's the amount of rope that's out, you know, slack in the rope. Um, and then you kind of do Which this. may not sound like a lot, but I mean, dude, if you're falling six feet... And you're falling six feet against granite rock. It, like if you swing out a little bit and then you swing back in, your head could just get like cracked against this rock. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. You want to wear. Uh, you definitely want to have a helmet. Um, but your your ankles are at risk. I would say the most because you're kind of using your feet. You want to keep your feet out, right? So you're coming out and kind of doing it like a swinging motion. You don't want to just cheese grade down. You know, just slide <laughs> down the rock. You kind of want to fall off and kind of do this swooping motion. Um, so you almost, if you know you're about to fall, you purposely kick yourself away from the wall? In a, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you want to kind of get some uh, some distance there between the wall. And you're actually better off if you've got, um, like if you're like two feet above the anchor, you're really close to the wall. So you're more likely to kind of scrape your knees and stuff against the wall. You're almost better off if you're higher up and you kind of just do like a, a swinging out motion kind of scary but how how often are these these anchors placed into the rock that you're clipping into so i guess there's there's two different kinds of climbing here there's sport climbing which is what we did which is where there are bolts already in the rock um and a lot of the bolts have been put there from a pretty long time ago um sometimes people go in they'll replace them but basically the process is to get a drill drill in the rock um, well, get, you know, get permission, make sure you're not drilling on rock. That's like, you know, protected or in a, you know, a place where people don't want bolts. Uh, <laughs> it's just some like endangered species <laughs> habitat. You're just drilling into their home. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want to keep things preserved. You know, that's the whole reason you're out there. And, uh, so you're going to be drilling in and then you kind of blow out the, the dust from the hole that you've drilled. And then you can either put like uh, glue or something and put a bolt in. And then you'll um, you'll evenly space those out to the top, and then you put two uh, two bolted anchors at the very top, and then that's that's sport climbing, and that's probably the most popular way to do it. And then the other side, who who does that? Like, who are the? Have you ever done men. this yourself? No, Lord, no. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to take on that risk. You know. If, yeah, I mean, if I, th- so those people aren't clipping in anything. Obviously, they're just climbing up and. 
holding along the side of a mountain while I, also holding a power drill in the other hand. Okay. That sounds like probably the most dangerous thing in the world. Kind of, kind of. The, the, ideally, they would find another way up to the top, right? Find a, a tree or something and rappel down and drill in those holes. Um, okay, that, gotcha. That's like the safest way to go about it. So yeah, these are just people who are just like really, really into climbing. Um, they're really into doing first ascents. So like that's a big thing with people is like, I'm the first person who's ever climbed this. I get to basically say what difficulty it is. I get to name the route um, and do all that kind of fun stuff. Wow, no way. Yeah. and So you can be like, this is Andy's route right here. Yeah, Stoner's Boner. People have to you, call can, it. you can call it whatever you <laughs> want, right? Um, that would be, I. how has there not been a route called that yet? There that is. That sounds awesome. There is. Oh, there really? Is. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why you said that. One of the best, yeah, one of the best route names. Um, <laughs> but yeah, people get really clever with route names. Um, and they, you know, they deserve the right, right? They're the first person to climb it. So there's that whole uh, line of climbing, which is sport climbing, which is pretty safe. All you need are quick draws, which is what you clip into the bolt with. And that is basically two carabiners. Um, with a piece of nylon webbing, about six inches of nylon webbing in between each carabiner. And you use one carabiner to clip into the bolt. And then you use the other carabiner to clip into the rope. And that serves as kind of like your, you know, your anchor point, right? If you fall, the rope is in that, car- that second carabiner and it catches you. Okay. So that's sport. The other side of climbing would be traditional climbing. And this is trad climbing. And there's no bolts. Um, maybe there's a few bolts here and there, but this is primarily using... Uh, protection and the protection is um, basically anywhere from camming devices which uh, range anywhere from like six inches to a centimeter Um, and you basically they basically have two springs and they compress down and you slide it into a crack or um, you know basically you slide it into cracks uh, along the climb and then it expands once it's in the crack and then you clip into that, and that kind of serves as what would be a bolt. And you either use camming devices, or you'll use like um, like nuts or hexes, and they're just pieces of metal that you kind of just jam in the rock and pray to God they don't come out. That's what I was gonna say. That sounds so freaking scary. So the thing, the thing that I could not appreciate until until going climbing is. You imagine when you're going to go climbing, like, okay, there's going to be all these, you know, easy spots to put your foot and easy spots to put your hand. And then you get out and you're like, oh, right. Like, this isn't a rock gym. Like, this is just Mother Earth here. This is just this mountain (laughs) that I'm going to climb up right now. They didn't, you know, they weren't designing this for me to climb up it. So you're, what will happen is let's say the best spot possible for you to put your foot right now in order to get up to your next handhold is maybe only sticks out like one inch or three quarters of one inch or something. So you're going to put, you're going to reach your leg over, put it on that one little inch of rock that's sticking out. And obviously that's only your toes that are on that, just the, the very tips of your toes. And now you need to like just have total faith in that rock and total faith in yourself and switch all of your weight, like 100% of your body weight over onto that, those toes on that foot. Yeah. And it's un, it, it's like the first time that it, when I was only, you know, two feet off the ground, it's an incredibly strange, difficult, weird sensation. 
to have faith in this little inch of rock that it's not just going to snap off and it's not just going to allow you to fall to your death. And what you told me when we were climbing that made me feel a little bit better and a little bit more safe about it is, Blake, a lot a lot of people have climbed this before you. Like, If that rock was going to snap off, it would have snapped off. It's right. not just going to snap off right now underneath you. And I'm sure a lot of people have thought that, and then they started climbing, and <laughs> something snaps underneath them. It but happens. I, I could only imagine with this traditional style of climbing that you're talking about, when you're just wedging something into a crack, that, and then this thing's supposed to expand, mm-hmm. then you're clipping into that, just praying that that doesn't all of a sudden unwedge itself as you go further. That, uh, just the amount of faith that you're putting in this thing is unbelievable. It's a lot of trust, man, the whole thing. Um you know, from trusting the gear that you're using not to fail, uh, right? The rope not to break, the the pieces not to come out, to trusting your feet and this little, you know, the rubber on your shoes to hold on to this little, like, you know, muffin of a, a piece of pebble, you know, on the side of a mountain yeah. to, um, to, yeah, your partner, um, the guy at the bottom, you know, trying to catch you. If you, if you do fall, you know, he's got to be on his game to take in the slack and the rope and basically you know, lock off the rope so you don't go anywhere. So it, yeah. it's it's a lot of trust. Yeah, you got to have a lot of faith in it. Damn, so so crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, tell everyone a little bit about the shoes. That was something that I learned um, when you and I went out together. Yeah, so the shoes, um, you want to, they're basically ballerina slippers. Or, you know, they're very tight, um, typically have like a, a synthetic or like a leather on top with a tight lacing system. You want your shoes extremely, extremely tight. And then the bottom is um, is basically like a, a high-class climbing rubber, right? And it's very hard and it's um, it's got a lot of friction. So when you are climbing, you know, you're putting a lot, uh, a lot of weight on it. And the more weight you put on it, the better it holds for you. And typically, you want to have like a nice, nice edge. And you kind of want to use that edge uh, right around your toe box to... Um, to basically hang on to the smallest bits of rock as you're climbing up. So these shoes have this really kind of advanced leather, or I'm sorry, really kind of advanced rubber on the bottom of them that's like incredibly, incredibly tacky to help you kind of stick up against this rock. Yeah. Obviously, if you were just climbing up uh, the hill in your, uh, the mountain, like in your boat shoes, and you put all your weight onto a little pebble that's sticking out of the rock, you probably would slip then right so you really need to have these climbing shoes that's what's preventing you from slipping and, fall- and falling off the side of the mountain yeah yeah it's i mean it's anywhere from like how your toe placement is on the rock to the pressure to i mean but yeah essentially you need these shoes to to climb outside and to be to be serious do you is there any sort of upkeep with the shoes like uh, are you um doing something to the bottom of the shoes to to keep them tacky Definitely. So I try not to walk around like at the base of a climb. If there's a bunch of dirt, I'll try not to walk around in it in my shoes. Um, I'll try to only wear my shoes when I'm on the rock. And then um, I've got a couple of pairs of shoes where I resole them. So you can send them into like a resoler and they'll basically put new climbing rubber and kind of like reshape the edge of it. Um, But yeah, they're um, and you're not wearing socks, so they get really stinky. I mean, your feet are sweaty. They're crammed in there, so um, they kind of mold to your feet, and they, you just got to take care of them. Yeah. Keep yeah. the stench out. So <clears throat> in addition to the fact that I am incredibly afraid of heights, <laughs> which <laughs> did not it did not make for, uh, for fun while I was climbing up the hill, um, 
I would imagine that for a beginner, it's probably best to start indoors. Is that what you would say? Yeah. So if you want to get into it, you're going to want to start at a climbing gym. Um, go, they'll get you set up. They've got, you know, shoe rental, harness rental, um, and they'll show you how to tie into the ropes. And basically at a climbing gym, all the setups for all the walls are top ropes. So the rope is uh, going up to the top. There's a top anchor and then it comes back down. So there's two sides, the side that the climber ties into and then the side that the belayer ties into. And the What's bel- belayer? The belayer is basically the person who's taking up slack in the rope to catch you if you fall. So they use what's known as a belay device, which is basically a piece of metal that the rope runs through in a U-shape, and then it will create enough friction with the bend in the rope to stop the rope, basically. Without, you know, like, if you were to try to grab the rope when someone's falling, you know, you would burn your hands. So the belay device serves as, like, a friction device to stop it from going anywhere and, and catch, your, uh, catch your climber. So do you have to climb in pairs? You can't climb yourself. Otherwise, if you were to fall, you would, you would just keep falling. You need somebody, even if you're clipping into these spots, you need somebody else behind you to catch your, your weight if you start falling. So if you're climbing with ropes, yeah, pretty much you need, you need someone there to, um, to catch you. There's a few people out there who do this thing where they set up a top rope and then they kind of like, they use what's like a, the belay device. You can have like an auto locking belay device, which is known as a gree and they can kind of like, I guess you could do it, but it's it's not ideal. I mean, the people who do it, I don't know. They just go find a friend, man. You know, just get someone <laughs> to help you out, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, so what would, it, like, let's say someone wanted to get started rock climbing um, indoors. What are some considerations that that person needs to think about? Do you have to be strong to get started rock climbing? Do you have to be really coordinated to get started? Uh, no, you don't have to be strong. I mean, you got to be dedicated to it and you got to focus on it. Um, I think what's more important with climbing is the technique. Um, if you have good technique, you can conserve enough energy to where you don't need to be like super burly. Um, and you'll see a lot of guys in the gym that, you know, are working out all the time at like, a, a, you know, with weights and whatnot. And they go in there and they're just flailing on the wall because they're trying to use all their upper body strength to just, just kind of muscle up. That's not yeah. what you want to do. You you know you want to use your feet. You want to use your footwork, technique. Um, stay calm, stay relaxed. Um, so that's to answer that one question. And then to get started, really, you need. Um, I mean, you can rent shoes and a harness at the gym, but if you wanted to start out, those would probably be the first two things that you would buy. Um, so you get the shoes, shoes anywhere from like I don't know seventy five bucks up to like two hundred for like high end shoes. Um, harness is like 60, 70 bucks. And that's basically where you stick your both legs in. Um, it's got straps for your legs and then straps, a strap that goes around your waist. And that's what you tie into. And in case you fall, that kind of like keeps you supported. And then the other thing that you can get is a chalk bag and chalk. So very similar to gymnasts who use chalk to, you know, hang on to the poles and to, uh, you know, prevent their hands from getting sweaty. Climbers use climbing chalk, um, to to get rid of that sweat and basically keep your hands dry so you're not slipping off the holds so those are like the three like starter things and then if you wanted to go um you know outside and go more advanced with this stuff you would look into buying a rope which is going to run you like 200 bucks and you would look into buying um auto locking or excuse me a locking carabiner and the locking carabiner um 
basically clips into the belay device, which you would use. And those are like, you can buy a, carab a locking carabiner for like 15 bucks and a belay device for 15, 20 bucks as well. Um, and those are kind of the essentials to get started. And are there, I mean, as long as your um, terrain where you're living is not completely flat, if there is some sort of movement in the terrain, it, is, is it safe to say that there is rock climbing near you? Yeah, pretty much, man. Uh, I would say like within a couple hours, uh, like everyone in the United States should be able to get to something. I mean, if you're in South Dakota, North Dakota, well, no, there's, there's still climbing out there. I mean, if you're in the, the Plains lands, you know, in the middle of the USA, probably not going to be the best, uh, best area to go climbing. But um, it's everywhere, man. And that's part of the appeal to it, right? Is that you're going out and you're finding these places outside um, that are kind of remote out in nature um, and you find some rock to climb. Yeah. Talk to us about the progression of climbing and the progression for you of climbing and how you get better and what you can kind of start to do as you get better. Um, I know one of the things that we talked about, as you said, there's a different scale to um, both indoor and outdoor climbs and people, like you said earlier, will rate, you know, a certain climb. Um, so where might a beginner start? Where are you at right now? Where could you go to? Yeah, so the climbing, it's, uh, in America, we use the Yosemite Decimal System, which is a rating system that um, grades climbs anywhere from, it's it's a five-point system. So like one, class one would be like walking, class two would be like walking, um, you know, on a trail. Class three is like walking on a trail with some like logs and some rocks and stuff. Um Class four is kind of like scrambling. You're, you know, you're using your hands and your feet to get over boulders. And then class five, um, which is pretty much rock climbing, is where you're using a rope and you're going vertical. So class five is where it starts. And that really, it's like five a five one. So it's like a, a five point system. And it goes anywhere from 5.1, which would be, I guess, like climbing a ladder to 5.15. Five fifteen, and um, that's probably. I mean, like ten people in the world might be able to climb five fifteen, maybe a hundred. I don't know. It's extremely, extremely difficult. Would that just be like vertical with almost no holds for you? Extremely overhung. Yeah, yeah. You would have to be climbing for many, many years to be able to climb five fifteen, and it goes up. So if you go into the gym, you could probably start climbing five six, five seven, five eight. Um, that's middle range pretty good range where most people could climb and then if you're going to the gym i would say like once a week you're probably going to get up into the 510 range and 510 is really where it breaks off so after 510 it goes into 510a 510b 510c 510d and then 511a up through d 512a up through d um and 510 is like why didn't they just go up higher like why why, why did they just make it like first of all why do you even have a scale for walking and walking with stuff in your way and all that like why doesn't it just be like a scale of 1 to 20 and you know this is an 18 that's so funny that's the yosemite decimal system man yeah if you <laughs> yeah, go for sure. to uh other places like when i was climbing in new zealand it's just like one up to like 30 or 35 or something like that. And it's just a number, right? And the, yeah. the more difficult the number, the higher the number, the more difficult the climb. Um, but I think with the, the harder stuff, right? Like the 5.11s and the 5.12s is people will climb it. And that's, you know, another thing about climbing is like, how hard is this climb for you? So they'll climb it and they'll be like, and that feels soft for a 5.11. 
So you could say that's a 511 minus or a 511A or 511B, or you could say like, eh, that's 511, but it's a little bit tougher, 511D, 511C. Um, and that's just up to people's interpretation of the route. You know, some people are longer, some people specialize and are, you know, more suited to climb overhung. And some people are more suited to climb stuff that's, you know, more flat, more slabby, um, and requires more friction and balance. It's just different styles of climbing. Yeah. How high up and how difficult can it get if you're doing indoor climbing? Um, I've seen up, you know, 513, 514 in the gym, but there's wow. not many of those routes, right? There's like a couple, a handful. And there's not many people that can climb them in the gym. You know, there's like the, the people, the gym rats who are going all the time who, you know, project them is what they call it. And they basically work on it and try to figure out the sequence, try to figure out the moves to progress. Um, but there's not so that's what would start to make it more difficult in a gym setting is is less less holds less places to put your feet so you really need to like kind of play a game of chess with the wall yeah yeah that's a big that's a huge part of it is just like figuring out the route right um problem solving and figuring out like how you're going to do it where are you going to put your foot where are you going to rest where are you going to um you know how are you going to transition your hands if your right hand's here your left hand's over here You've got to get your hands up to the next hold while, you know, considering your feet and conserving energy and, and moving. And um, that's one of the really fun parts about climbing is like, so climbers call that the beta, right? Like the information to get up the route is the beta. Um, and they'll share that, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, like I, I did it this way. Try, you know, dropping your left knee on that, you know, that hold up there to the left of the bolt. And then like maybe it'll give you some more leverage to to get over here so that's like the technique and that portion of climbing man that's so cool that's so interesting i think a lot of people think of rock climbing as just you know you needing a lot of guts and strength and whatever else um that that's great hearing the extent to which there's the mental part of it and that you guys share with each other as well that's awesome yeah that, i mean that's one of the best parts of it like getting off a climb and like chatting about it with your climbing partner um you know, talking about the moves like, oh, man, did you get to that part where you had to like shimmy your legs through, you know, or you were in a chimney and you had to like squeeze and get up um, like that's it, to me, that's one of the best parts of climbing. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of problem solving. It's a lot of figuring it out. And the strength aspect, it helps you in the end. You know, it's kind of like a motivator to get stronger because it's going to make it a little bit easier for you. Um, you're going to be able to hang on a little bit longer and maybe you're going to be able to leap a little bit farther for the next hold. Um, but yeah, it's a combination of the, of the two. Yeah. It's just this crazy endurance strength. I, I didn't think about that at all. Like, uh, I, I really like to analyze things and think about things. And for that reason, and I really want to get back out there and try rock climbing again. Um, and maybe go and do some, some indoor stuff and start a little bit smaller, but I, I thought that I would really, really appreciate the whole mental aspect of it, of, you know, really having to analyze the rock and where am I going to grab and what am I going to do? But man, I did not appreciate the fact that it's not like you're just sitting on your couch and looking at the wall and just, <laughs> you know, relaxing while you're trying to analyze these things. You're analyzing that while all of your weight is on your tippy toe of your left foot and it's so it's like your thigh is burning and your calf is burning or in your foot might just feel like strained in some weird way or something yeah and and then and while you're doing while you're feeling that way you're having to try to figure out where you're supposed to hold 
and you're just like this is ridiculous like <laughs> it's so it's so hard to um to stay zen and to clear your mind uh, to look for the next hold when your body is burning like that you know yeah you gotta you gotta stay calm uh you gotta conserve energy as much as possible you gotta find a place to rest you know and hang out before you make the next move and a lot of it is also like at the bottom of the route you're looking up at it and you're like okay where am I going to put my hand here? Where am I, where am I going to, um, you know, be positioned when I'm clipping into the bolt? Because, you know, that's always, for me, that's always like a really critical moment. Because when you're about to clip into the next bolt, you're obviously at the highest point that you're going to fall um, for like doing a lead climb. And so you need to be hanging on and you got to hang on long enough with one hand to reach down to your harness, unclip the, the quick draw on the carabiner, clip it onto the bolt, pull up the rope, clip the rope into the bolt or excuse me into the carabiner and then continue climbing from there so it's that's kind of like the critical moment where you're like don't fall yeah <laughs> <Just didn't> fall. yeah <laughs> definitely man definitely so why why is has rock climbing become such a big thing for you do you think with all of the different hobbies that you could have picked out or all the different things that you could go and spend your time with today why do you keep on rock climbing um that's a good question man uh one i really enjoy so i really enjoy the challenge of it you always like you know you got to push yourself um the better you are at climbing the more climbs open up to you you know you can climb in more places around the country um and you're climbing around the country right like you're traveling to these really cool places um to go climb these giant pieces of rock you know like i was recently out in yosemite climbing half dome and for me, you know, that's like a great way to experience it, like on the side of Half Dome, like hanging off, you know, like looking out over the valley and not many people can say that they've done that. You know, it's a very small, that's so cool, man. Yeah. And small you portion of people. I, I, it's funny because I just because I have OSX Yosemite on my computer in the background <laughs> of where I'm talking to you right now, I'm just staring at a picture of Half Dome. Um, but yeah, it's so cool that now anytime you see a picture of Half Dome, you're like, I was right there. And not like, oh, I was near there. I was in that similar area. It's like, no, I was actually on that rock <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, That's yeah, incredible. it's awesome. It's it's a great way to experience it, for sure. Yeah. Um, do you have any interesting like stories or near-death experiences from from your time climbing? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few. Um, I've taken some pretty big whippers, which is essentially just like a, a big fall. Um, I was climbing in this like kind of a door crack, basically it was like a 90 degree right angle. Right. And it was the only piece to, it was very flat, flat granite on either side. It was down in, uh, Cochise stronghold South of, uh, South of Tucson. And, um, you, you're jamming your hands in and you're just leaning back. Right. So, um, you're moving your feet up, you're climbing up and it's traditional climbing. So I'm placing gear and I'm moving up. And I get to so a, jamming your so people can't see you right now. So you're, the way you were showing, like jamming your hands in, it seems almost like uh, as if someone were trying to climb up like a door frame, or, or like let's say you were yes. trying to climb like a tr- like a palm tree or something. It's like at that point you're you're pulling against the tree and you're pushing your feet into it. That's basically what you were doing with this rock. You were pulling your body into the rock and jamming your feet down. Exactly. Yeah. I'm. It's pretty much a right angle. Um, I've got my hands in, I'm pulling as hard as I can, and I'm trying to push my feet against the rock and keep as much, uh, surface area of my shoes on the rock to, you know, obviously increase friction and stay on there. And so I'm working my way up and you're just shimmying up, you know, um, and 
basically what happened is I extended myself too far. So I got my hands too high up away from my feet. So as you can imagine, the surface area on my toes became less and less as my foot, um, you know, kind of arched. And then I got on the balls of my feet and I slipped without knowing. Um, I fell probably like 12, 15 feet. But as I was falling, um, my leg got behind the rope. And so it caught behind my knee and basically flipped me upside down. And, um, you know, as I'm falling, I hit the, the rock with my back and I'm probably, you know, seven or eight feet above the ground. And, um, you know, you know, scared shitless, but, uh, you know, having a good laugh with my belayer who caught me, thank God. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I, uh, I put on my I'm helmet. You didn't smack your head, I guess. Against yeah, the... yeah. Yeah. I didn't wear a helmet when I first went up, which is really stupid. You should always wear a helmet. Um, and then I grabbed the helmet after that and, uh, and climbed up. So there's a good series of pictures of me climbing this without a helmet. And then climbing in the exact same place with the <laughs> and, and working my way up. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, falling, big falls are scary. And then probably the other big, uh, I don't know, life or death experience, we got stuck. We were in the same spot down in Cochise Stronghold and we got stuck at night. Um, we went in the morning. We didn't think, you know, the lights would go out on us. We uh, basically took longer than we thought. We didn't have headlamps. We had a few cell phones. Um, they ran out of battery. We <laughs> we essentially couldn't find the place to get down the mountain. Like there's anchors to rappel down typically, um, and so you can run your rope through this like a uh, like a metal ring, and then you know get down, uh, rappel down the mountain, uh, get to the next wrap station, and then do it again. And we probably had to do this five times. And we were at the top, and we had done it once. And we were on a ledge, and we couldn't find the anchors for the next part to go down so oh my god that sounds terrible it's getting dark yeah it was it was really bad it was getting dark we all our phones died like we were using the last bit of light that we had on our phones to try to find this this anchor um we were with this girl she started crying people started freaking out a little bit like oh shit we're just gonna have to stay on this ledge like we're just gonna have to sleep up here like i don't know how we're gonna get down safely um and we ended up you know gathering our nuts and um, tying some ropes together, slinging it around a tree. And I basically just kind of went down blindly and we, you know, we tied a knot at the very end of the rope so I wouldn't fall off. Um, But you're going down blindly and it's just like, all right, I'm going to look for something. Um, And we got down to another place. We found another tree. We left a bunch of gear. So we basically just left like slings and carabiners um, and kind of made our way down. And we eventually found we linked back up with the route and found one of the anchors so we could get down safely from there. But we were planning on getting down around like four, three, three or four in the afternoon. And we ended up getting home at like two or three in the morning. It was a, it was a rough night, man. Kochi stronghold sounds like a real son of a bitch. <laughs> it's a great place. I mean, it's, it's super backcountry, right? So to get to the place that we were at, like we had to hike in like an hour and it's not a trail. Like you're knocking over brush and stuff to get through. Um, but it's it's beautiful, man. It's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I, it's so interesting when people have punishing hobbies that they just keep keep going back <laughs> to it. You know, it's like it's like anyone that plays golf or anything knows. You know, you have like the worst day golfing, and you just swear it off. And then the next day, you're like, all right, I think I can go golfing again. It's amazing that you had that that terrible of an experience. I can only imagine emotionally like what an experience like that is like. 
And then to ever go back rock climbing again is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you get to share that, you know, with the people that I was with, you know, we all talked about that over a beer later and had a good laugh about it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's the experience, but you know, it's also an adrenaline rush and I don't know why I do it, man. (laughs) I guess I don't really know why. Cool, man. Um, so let's wind this thing down. Just give us all one piece of advice for getting started for any beginner to get started. What, uh, what should they keep in mind? That's tough. Uh, go to the gym, get a pair of shoes, um, and just focus on getting better. You know, find a project. I think that's the best way to get into climbing is is find a route or something that's just at your limit. You know, just a little bit challenging for you, and start climbing and um, just try to figure it out. You know, figure out the moves to finally get to the top, and that sort of satisfaction and that whole process of of um, you know, not being able to climb it and then figuring it out will be so rewarding that hopefully you'll get into it from that point forward and you'll be a climber. Definitely, man. Damn, great advice for uh, for anything in life. <laughs> Andy, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, everyone, it's Blake. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, there are links and show notes available on halfhourintern.com. As well, you can follow me on Twitter at halfhourintern or Instagram or Facebook. I've got halfhourintern on those as well. Pretty good at locking down my name on social media. Um, If you guys have any ideas for uh, episodes that you would like to hear about, whether that be a hobby or a career, go ahead and tweet at me at halfhourintern and let me know what you want to hear about and I will interview someone for you. Thanks so much.